Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Making Work Fun podcast with Maria and Natasha, two working professionals turned life coaches. I'm Maria, and I have worked in economic consulting for more than 14 years. And I'm Natasha. I have over a decade of work experience in human resources. Through our 25 plus years of combined corporate experience, we have learned a lot about work. And through our work as life coaches, we've learned how to make work fun. Whether you work for someone else, run your own business, or do anything else that you call your work, this podcast will teach you how to make your work fun too. Without giving in to the productivity hustle. So let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Making Work Fun podcast. So this week, it's just me, Maria, doing a solo episode. And this is the very first solo episode I've done. I've always either recorded with Natasha or with one of our amazing guests. Um, so let's see how this goes. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how this is going to go, but we're going on this ride together. And it feels a little weird because it feels like I'm talking to myself, which at the moment I am, but I'm also just going to visualize, I guess, all of you, the listeners who are going to be listening to this. And so that way I don't feel um, so much like a lonely person talking to myself in my own living room, (laughs) which is a little strange. Anyway, moving on, (laughs) getting into this week's topic. Um, So this week I wanted to talk about something that I've developed in my own coaching practice and I've developed in my own life, which has been incredibly transformative and it has just made my life and my work so much more fun and so much easier. Um, and I, it has helped my clients a ton as well. So I wanted to teach that to you as well. Um, as you know, I'm a burnout coach and I work with perfectionists and high achieving women who are exhausted and whose schedules are always super packed. There are a ton of demands on their time. And so it can seem like there's just no options for them in between, you know, just dropping it all so that they can finally get some rest or just keep pushing through. It's just, it's very hard to see the options. And this thing I'm going to teach you today, this concept is what allows my clients and myself to have that many more options in our lives without having to, you know, drop everything, which let's be honest, that's not an option for the majority of people. Um, So the thing I want to teach you in this concept that I've developed, it's basically the concept of living in a state of constant flexibility. So what I mean by that is basically being able to constantly shift and adjust what you do and how you do it based on how you are feeling in the moment or based on external circumstances, right? Sometimes, you know, there's your, there's a pipe that bursts in your apartment and you have to deal with that. So you have to be flexible and be able to adjust to that. Or sometimes, you know, on a more micro level, you know, you keep getting questions from clients or emails or messages at work. And so you've had this beautiful plan going into the office in the morning, but then you keep getting interrupted and the plan keeps getting going off track. And so this concept of being able to live in a state of constant flexibility has really transformed, like I said, my work, and it's just made everything so much easier. And it's exactly, it can sound a little sort of scary and counterintuitive because it's exactly the opposite of what we've been 
taught to do and what we have been doing for most of our lives, which is, you know, have very set to-do lists and very set schedules, usually schedules that are way more intense than what can actually feasibly be accomplished in a day or a week. And then based on those schedules, we, you know, push ourselves to do as much as we can, but inevitably we can't finish it all because again, it's just unrealistic to begin with. Then we panic about not having finished it all. We feel terrible. We don't let ourselves rest. Or if we do rest, we just sit there thinking about all the things we didn't finish. We feel guilty. It's just a terrible system. We collapse from exhaustion at the end of the day, but then still feel bad about like all the things we didn't finish. It is not a great system. <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty pretty exhausting and pretty draining, but it is what a lot of us have been taught. And we just don't quite know how to change it because the common objection here is, and I'm sure a lot of you are thinking this already, um, is okay, but like, what do I do if there are, there is a certain set of things I need to finish in a week, whether that's, you know, for my job, for my business, or just like at home responsibilities. I might be a caretaker. I might have to do a certain list of things for, you know, my kids or my parents. Um, there are just some things that need to be done. So then how do I even get them done if I'm in, living in the state of constant flexibility? Okay, I'll I'll walk you through exactly that. It can seem scary, but it's actually a game changer because being able to introduce that flexibility again allows you to cope with so many other things that come up throughout the day and the week, like those unexpected emails, like, you know, colleagues popping into your office to chat, which is great and we a lot of us want to do it, but it, we're just like freaking out about um, falling behind or honestly, like just waking up one morning with a bad migraine and then, you know, panicking about falling behind because you literally can't look at a screen. That's I'm <laughs> speaking from experience here. I get bad migraines. And so I know that feeling of, it's very, very unpleasant. And there are literally days where I cannot look at a screen and when I used to have those very strict to-do lists and schedules, I would really, really panic about that. Or I would just take a ton of pills to try to force myself to look at the screen regardless of the pain I was in. It's not a not a great system again. <laughs> so here's what I, well, I'll teach you how to do this, but here's what I would say about like living in a state of constant flexibility. Don't think that it means just winging it, quote unquote, <laughs> like never being able to 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 finish anything. It's it's the exact opposite. It sort of starts with being super realistic about what can and cannot be finished, which would be probably a lot less than what you currently have on your list, but it's just it takes up or it takes off so much of the stress when you are more realistic, when you've planned ahead in a more realistic way, like it takes away so much of the stress and the guilt. So really the very first step of the system is having a good way of figuring out what you have to get done in a week and realistically how long it is going to take you to get it done. So that's where a lot of us get in trouble. We either are very unrealistic about how long things take and we vastly underestimate them. And that's why we pack our list with 15 things per day, but it turns out each of them required an hour and then we can't work for 15 hours and it doesn't work out. Or 
we know it's gonna each of them is gonna take an hour and we're just like well but there's no way around it i need to get all 15 done tough luck i'm still gonna put them on my list knowing full well you're probably not gonna get them all done because you're going to be so exhausted and you also need to eat and sleep at some point but you're just like putting them there because when you're planning you want to make sure everything is on your list and then again you get into that horrible cycle of not finishing them, feeling guilty, feeling exhausted, feeling like you're falling behind. So the very first step is coming up with a great organizational system where you do know how long things take. And then you're very realistic about how many hours per day you can actually do productive work. I know for a lot of us, honestly, that's no more than four to six hours of really concentrated productive work per day. That doesn't mean you're not, for instance, in the office for, let's say, eight or nine hours. But if you're honest with yourself, you're going to realize that if you're in the office for eight hours, you're not super productive every second of those eight hours. Obviously, you need to eat, drink, go to the restroom, talk to people. And just human brains can sustain that level of of focus day in and day out. Maybe some days you are. But most of the days, you cannot sustain that level of focus for such a long period of time. So if you're actually very realistic and honest with yourself and you know you're only capable of doing five or six hours without being super exhausted and making yourself sick and being miserable, then great. We're starting with that baseline. And then you just know that within the week, you can't pack more than 30 hours of things to do. Now, if this is giving you a heart attack as you're listening to me, don't worry. I'm going to get to the point where we address the question of like, okay, but like, what if I have more, more things to do? So again, first step is having a good organizational system and knowing how long things take. And that's something I work very closely with my clients on. I help them develop a system that works for them. I don't have a preset system because everyone's brain, everyone's life, everyone's schedule is different and responsibilities are different. And so what works for me doesn't have to work for you. And your brain may function in a very different way and it may require different things to focus, etc. So it's not like I have a preset system for you. I just know what questions to ask you and how to help you develop a system that is going to work for you and that's customized to your needs. So that's step one. Then we get to the the place where we can incorporate this flexibility. And the way this works is you need to do two things with every single task on your list. Once you have it written down somewhere and you have that system, every single task, the first thing you need to do with literally every one of them is de-escalate them. Okay, what does that mean? (laughs) That means basically do the self-coaching work or work with a coach who can, again, ask you the right questions, guide you along, and work on taking off a ton of the pressure and urgency associated with each of the tasks. Now, Again, like in some cases, there are true emergencies. Obviously, if someone's really sick, if something is a true emergency, I'm not going to coach you to take down the urgency. I want you to have urgency there. What I'm talking about here is not that. It's most of the things on our list that are not that, quote unquote, you know, make or break, or that's, you know, 
I'm trying to figure out the right word to describe it. Like not that monumental, um, but in our brains, we make them very monumental. And then it just becomes so hard. Like everything becomes so hard. When something is really monumental in our head, we first of all, the human tendency and the way human brains function is we tend to avoid it for long periods of time. This is where procrastination kicks in. Like if something on your list is like, oh my gosh, the stakes are so high for this one task, chances are you're going to avoid it for at least a few hours (laughs) before you start working on it because the stakes are so high. Um, And then when you do start working on it, you might spend, you know, five extra hours on it that you didn't need to spend because you're like, oh my gosh, I need to make sure everything is all the I's are dotted. What is it? T's are crossed. (laughs) Forgetting the expression. (laughs) Everything, like everything needs to be perfect because I've escalated this task in my head so much. So like an example of this could be, you know, you have to send an email to a client or, you know, finish a presentation for your boss and you've just like escalated it so much in your head. And you're like, if I make a mistake or if something, if there's a typo, if someone asks a question that I don't 100% know the answer to, it's going to mean, and then fill in the blank. And usually the fill in the blank is something like very dramatic because brains love to be very dramatic, especially perfectionist brains. Like it's going to mean people are going to discover I'm an imposter. People are going to discover I don't know what I'm doing at work. It's going to be revealed how little attention I pay to things. People are going to find like, it's just usually along that vein of thing. Like people are going to see how bad I am at my job. I've been fooling everyone (laughs) so far, but right now with this one task, if something goes wrong with it, the jig is up. (laughs) People are going to know. So that is what I mean by like, by this is escalating the task. And so that's why the step one for us is de-escalating it. Again, working either with yourself and having, you know, a a self-coaching practice or working with a coach, which is what I recommend because there's, it's always good to have someone who asks you, asks you the questions that you wouldn't think to ask yourself (laughs) to question your own brain. It's very hard, especially when something seems so urgent and so high stakes, it's very hard to like have the presence of mind to ask yourself the right questions and to shift your perspective. But like working with someone to de-escalate. If that email or that presentation is no longer so dramatic in your mind and there's not that much at stake when it comes to that one task, it's going to be so much easier to not procrastinate and to actually like start working on it when the time comes. And you're not going to try to over-function for X number of hours per day to over-deliver on that task. You would be okay putting out, let's say, a 95% (laughs) as good a job as you wanted to, or 90%, or like whatever percentage you're comfortable with. But like, it wouldn't have to be 99.9. And that's where, after you de-escalate, comes the second part of what I teach, (laughs) what's involved in this constant flexibility paradigm. And that second part is... Once you've de-escalated the task, ask yourself if there are some tasks on the list that can be removed. 
I know you're going to protest here and say, nope, everything, <laughs> everything needs to stay on. And sure, that might be the case. Just, just question it. Are there really not like one or two tasks that could be removed? Is the objection there not that they can't be removed, but that you're going to have some mean thoughts about yourself if you remove them? You're going to tell yourself you're X, Y, Z, like irresponsible or a bad friend or a bad colleague or blah, 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 whatever your brain tells you. If it's the latter, that's, again, something to get coaching on or something to coach yourself on. Some tasks, there's always some tasks on our list that could be either removed or postponed or delegated. If you're in a position to delegate things, whether that's at work or whether, you know, that's in any other context, like volunteer tasks or anything, just asking someone else to help out is all, like, not always. It's sometimes an option. That again, we we might have thoughts preventing us from approaching that option, but that's where like that mindset work comes in. Once you work through those thoughts, it might be possible to actually take it off your list. Um, whether that's by delegating or just literally taking it off <laughs> and deciding to not do it. And again, it's going to be so much easier to do that once you've de-escalated the tasks in your head. And then the second option for the tasks that actually cannot be taken off or you don't want to take off, then ask yourself, can I simplify this in some way? And again, in the vast majority of cases, you're going to find out, especially as you do this more and more and you work on some of those thoughts about yourself, you're going to find out that the answer is yes, there is a way to simplify things. You don't always, again, like I'm talking to my listeners here who I'm assuming a lot of you are perfectionists. So I'm sure you know in the back of your head that a lot of the things you do can be done in a simpler way. You're just, you've never allowed yourself to do it or you're just really afraid to do it because you're going to, again, have mean thoughts about yourself. You're going to think then your work product is trash because that's what perfectionists do. It's like all or nothing thinking. It's either perfect or it's trash. (laughs) There's nothing in between. So like just working through some of those thought patterns, some of those beliefs, so that you can see the vast nuance that there is between perfection and trash, (laughs) which is where most of reality happens. Most work product out there, if not all actually, is not perfect. It is somewhere between perfect and terrible. (laughs) And a lot of it, and I'm sure like a lot of the stuff you've ever done, even if you thought it was trash, it was actually way close to like being incredibly good (laughs) than trash. It's just that your brain didn't allow you to see that. But ask yourself, how can I make this easier on myself? How can I simplify it? Whether that means like not proofread that email 17 times, (laughs) just proofread it once and send it out. Not like try to make the presentation extra pretty and spend four extra hours on that, like send out the information without touching it up a million times, like whatever it means, like at home, whether that means not doing a deep clean of your apartment, but instead tidying up for however long you want or have time for. Just ask yourself, like, is there a way to simplify? And a lot of the times the answer is going to be yes. And you're going to be able to see how once you've done the sort of this de-escalation work. 
So when you do those two things, first de-escalate and then either remove or simplify the tasks on your list, you are going to see some magic happen in the sense that suddenly things are not going to be as daunting as they seemed and you're going to see some time open up on your schedule. Um, That's where the flexibility, like that's, that's what will allow you to then approach everything with more flexibility and to introduce your flexibility into your life. Right now, it doesn't seem that there's any room for it because you've packed your schedule to an unrealistic standard and everything on your schedule you're like planning to do to the nth degree. <laughs> you're planning to do like really, really well. And of course, when those are the expectations, like everything just seems super packed and stacked and like there's just zero room for for literally anything unexpected to pop up. That's not the case once you learn how to start de-escalating and simplifying or removing things from your list. Suddenly spaces start opening up that you didn't expect to exist and you didn't see before and you thought you could never find, um, suddenly everything just doesn't seem quite as stressful. So you're able to sort of have this mental flexibility too. Because when we're in this, like when our schedule is so packed and everything is so sort of back to back and we are expecting ourselves to do everything to the nth degree, our stress levels are also so high that it just like, we don't have even the mental flexibility to deal with one more emergency. That's something I hear. And I know that feeling so well myself, but I also hear it from clients so much of like, there's times very often when literally like one small thing happening makes me want to cry because I'm like, just, I can't possibly deal with even the smallest thing. And the smallest thing is you might get an email that there's like a package delayed and you have to like do something or like not even do something. Sometimes you're just like, so your brain is on such high alert and your schedule is so overpacked that like the smallest thing seems like just the last straw. When you deescalate and simplify, you open up not only time in your schedule, but only time also space in your brain for things to not seem like such huge emergencies and for like simple things to not seem so overwhelming that they might break you. So that is the concept of living in a state of constant flexibility, like constantly re-evaluating whether you're really over-escalating something in your brain and whether you're over-complicating instead of simplifying, like constantly evaluating, how can I make this simpler? Am I putting way too more, much pressure on myself about this? Is the Are the stakes really as high as my brain <laughs> makes them out to be? Just constantly re-evaluating that. And again, I think it's much, much easier to do that with the help of a coach, at least in the beginning, at least until you learn how to do it on your own. The goal, of course, is always to be able to do this on your own. But I think it's incredibly helpful to have someone teach you how to do it and walk you through it for a number of weeks before you can do it successfully on your own. But once you learn this, I promise this changes everything, even without ever having to, you know, abandon your work, drop things, unless again, I'm oh I'm I'm positive there's always like a few small things on your list that can be dropped or can be delegated. Not talking about those. I'm talking about like the things that are 
really important to you, the things that you really do have to do, you don't have to drop any of them. You don't have to abandon them. You are you are going to be able to finish all of them and even more successfully because you're not going to be in this high alert, overexhausted state where everything seems super urgent and you can't think clearly. <laughs> um, so introducing flexibility instead of, you know, being this scary thing that might come in the way of you doing a good job. Actually, you're going to find that in most cases, and in my experience, it helps you do a much better job. And also it helps you just feel so much better and so much more relaxed around your work. And it for sure, circling back to the theme of this podcast, it for sure is going to help make your work more fun. Um, If any of that... um, any of the topics I talked about today resonated with you, get in touch with me and let's let's talk about how you can introduce that into your own life. The best way to do that would be to book a discovery call with me by going to my website, which is restovergrind.com and clicking on work with me and booking a call, a, a free discovery call. And what's going to happen during this call is we're really just going to get to know each other. I'll tell you a little bit more about my methodology and my work. You tell me a little bit more about what is stressing you out right now. What is really coming in the way of you having this life that you want, which is not riddled with exhaustion and stress and burnout. And we'll talk about like some options for you on what you can do to get started with moving away from this burnout paradigm and from being constantly exhausted. So yeah, book a call with me. Um, Also follow me on Instagram and TikTok. My handles on both are rest underscore over underscore grind. And yeah, I hope to hear from you soon. And I will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Hey, everyone, it's Maria. I am a burnout coach for professional women, and I work with high achieving perfectionists who want to heal burnout so that they can take a step back and enjoy their lives without sacrificing their success. To work with me one-on-one, you can go to my website, which is restovergrind.com and book a free consult call. You can also follow me on Instagram at rest underscore over underscore grind or on LinkedIn under restovergrind LLC. Hey everyone, Natasha here. I'm a money mindset coach. I work with women who want to shift their beliefs around money and wealth so they can finally leave the drama behind and focus on actually doing the work they love to do. I work with two different types of clients, employees who want to make more money at work or entrepreneurs who want to earn more in their business. And I teach people how to love the process of earning and creating more because it really is possible for money to be easy and fun. So let me show you how. You can find me on my website at natashatakesti.com or on Instagram at natashatakesti. We'll see you there.